Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. Celebration starts. The New Jersey Devils for the third time in their history have won the Stanley Cup. The Devils three. The Ducks nothing. Devils Stanley Cup champions. Right through. A pick block by Steve Gleason. It is scooped and scored by Curtis DeLoach. Hi, welcome to Ballpark Bros, the show about sports. My fellow Americans, the state of our show is, well, not great. I mean, you listen to us. Hey, I think we put out a quality product. Oh, man, I'm glad you don't own a, own a restaurant. You don't know that. <laughs> I run it on the side. I see a folding chair to your side. Yeah. If you eat folding chairs? No, it's a restaurant for people who do eat folding chairs. Oh, like in Rick and Morty. Yeah. Uh, more phone sticks, please. All right. Uh, so the, uh, man, so much big news. Uh, it is Wednesday, not our usual Tuesday show. Um, I was extremely ill yesterday, uh, so we postponed. It's a good thing we did. Uh, but I do want to back up a little further. The the Probably the biggest news uh, since our last show, the AFC defeated the NFC 24-23. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I think uh, let's let's start in let's start in basketball. Okay, uh, which I know you just love doing. Um, so we talked a little bit about uh, about the Isaiah Thomas uh, led Cavs team meeting, um, where basically they just sat there and and uh, piled on Kevin Love all day long. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the 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 next game out, uh, Kevin Love pulls down a rebound. Uh, you know, Kevin Love, who's 6'10", 6'11", big guy. Yes. Uh, turns around and hands it to Isaiah Thomas, who stands 5'9", as if he was handing the basketball to a little child. Uh, here you go, buddy. It was the greatest thing in the world, and exactly how uh, how Love should have handled a situation like that. I loved it. Um, and there was another point where he, uh, he threw his warm-up suit at another player, just hitting him in the face and just walked away. Kevin Love officially has run out of F's to give about the Cavaliers. Uh, unfortunately for him, uh, things took a turn last night when he broke his hand, I believe, going for a loose ball. That ain't uh, good. Yeah, he's going to be out six to eight weeks. Sixty-eight weeks? Sixty-eight weeks. Six to eight weeks. Um, so kind of kind of a bummer ending for him. I was really enjoying his just let the world burn attitude towards towards the Cavaliers. Um he can still have that because I think it's I think it's kind of messed up to you know have a team meeting about a member of your team. Uh, so that that's the uh, that's the unfortunate news in uh, in the NBA right now. Uh, two other pretty big storylines: uh, Blake Griffin, now a member of the Detroit Pistons. He sure is. Um, this kind of reeks of uh, desperation. By which team? <laughs> By Detroit. Uh, what? 
well, maybe they've got another move to make. They lost. They lost eight straight. Um, look, coming into this, and you know this is uh, this is Griffin for Tobias Harris, who's on a very team friendly contract. Avery Bradley, who's on on an expiring contract. Boban Marinovic, uh, I've been a big fan of his for a while. Um, a first round draft pick protected only for the top four, and a second round pick, and. The Clippers agreed to assume the whopping $141,661,920 over four years remaining on Griffin's contract. So the Pistons have Blake Griffin for free for the next four years. I don't know. I'm not sure what that is supposed to mean. <clears throat> but uh, I don't know. I just, uh, for Detroit, you're losing, you've lost eight straight. I think it's kind of a knee-jerk reaction to blow it up and try to get something that's going to boost ticket sales, which it has. Tickets, uh, ticket prices have gone up on secondary markets uh, for their next couple games. Um, I just, this ruins the floor spacing on a team that already had very poor floor spacing. Well, Blake Griffin is a really big guy. He can take up a lot of the floor. That's not what right? floor spacing is about. Right. Um, you got, you know, now now you have Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, two guys who, while, while Griffin can play a little bit outside, two guys that prefer to be on the interior. Um, you got, you know, your, your offense is going to flow through probably Griffin primarily, um, which is going to turn Drummond into probably a, you know, nine points and 12 rebound a game guy, not living up to his full potential, uh, having to now become plan B. Um, well, the way I see it, if... Uh... If you can't learn to share the ball, then you're not worth the contract you're signed to. Well, I don't know. I just... <sighs> if, a, if an offense has to run through somebody... Every offense runs through a particular player. Every single one. There's a player on every team that has to touch the ball each possession. Every team has one. And now they have two. Um, I think Basically, I think it was a... I think it was a move by Detroit that says... Hey, we know we're not going to compete in the East. However, hey, come buy tickets to see Blake Griffin play, since we know you're tired of seeing Andre Drummond play. They have a brand new arena they can't sell out. Well, um, when you have a brand new arena, you also jack up the ticket prices. Yeah, but I mean, they're not even able to sell them out using the secondary market. They're, they have the second lowest attendance in the league behind the Atlanta Hawks. Well, you try being mediocre for decades and then... Uh... I, I get it, but you'd think that you'd think that the new arena would help boost a little bit of that. You know, it's doing it for the hockey side of things. Everybody uh, wants to go to that stadium to see to that arena to see hockey. Nobody's caring about the basketball right now. That's because, uh, generally speaking, nobody really cares about the basketball in Detroit unless they're doing well. Yeah, most of their crowds were coming up in Auburn Hills were coming from people in the Auburn Hills area. Uh, you didn't have a lot of people driving up from Detroit to go to to go to games at the Palace, whereas you know the Red Wings—they've been drawing people from all over up to their games. I know, I know four people alone that live in Toledo that hold Red Wings season tickets. So I mean, I know they're pulling from all over, but you would think the new stadium would be a draw and at least get them up in the middle of you know the average. Are you guys? Are we, whoa, we're rationing tissues here, guys. We are at zero. It's hit. It's hit desperation moment here. We are. We're at zero. Oh my God! We are. 
we're at the point where we're going to be wiping our noses on our sleeves. I was doing that until I realized there were tissues here. Shit just got real down here. Uh, no, I, uh, long term, I don't think this makes the Pistons a contender. You don't think four years of Blake Griffin, if they don't have to pay a cent to that contract, you don't think they can make a playoff team? I think that's got to be incorrect. They have to pay him something. There's no way. There, there's absolutely no way the Clippers held on to... If the Clippers held on to 100% of that contract, they did. like you said... I Like I read off of a website. That just, it doesn't make sense. There's no way that's what happened. Um, well, even if they only keep 50%, that's still... You know, upwards of fifty million dollars. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think they did. Hey, Eric, can you do us a favor and see, uh, just Google if the Clippers retained any of Blake Griffin's salary? Oh, uh, okay. Let's see here. Let's turn to the Googles. Um, okay, Google. Uh, who? Wait, who? Blake Griffin. Oh, oh, my, my okay Google. That's awesome. Turn on. How much of Blake Griffin's contract was retained? <laughs> I don't think it's actually. This is really good. Yeah, it's not. It's not. This is a high quality uh, podcasting right here, guys. This is good stuff. Oh, here we go. Now it's actually. Let's see. How much of Blake Griffin's contract was retained? Uh, Okay, that didn't give me an immediate answer. (laughs) Let's take a look at uh, this website here. Says the Detroit Pistons shocked the NBA world when they pulled off a franchise shifting trade to acquire forward Blake Griffin from the Los Angeles Clippers. Griffin signed a five-year, hundred and seventy-one something million dollar contract with the Clippers last July. Blah 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 blah. Da da da. Is currently second in the NBA only to Stephen Curry. Um, they broke it down by year. Okay, the Clippers will pay Griffin two hundred fifteen thousand each of the next four seasons because he had a fifteen percent trade kicker, which was activated Monday. There we go. So this article that I was reading uh, meant to say that, but instead <laughs> listed the total value of his contract. That's awesome. Good job, article you were reading. I'm not going to put it out there. That would be mean. Um, last night, uh, also in the NBA, um, James Harden scored a triple-double. Yes. Um, he had uh, a relatively average uh, rebounds and assists for a triple-double, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, um, but he put up 60 points. That's a lot of points. That is. Uh, <clears throat> breaking the record from last March uh, held by Russell Westbrook of 57 points in a triple-double. Um, hit 60 points on 30 shots. So some of them were threes. <laughs> <laughs> he did not make all of his shots. Um, Still, that's, I mean, that's got to be a pretty good percentage that yeah, he made. Oh, yeah. Um, but so I, I wanted to use this to uh, maybe go back in time a little bit. Uh, remember when the Miami Heat first got together and they went in the finals and they lost Dirk Nowitzki and the Mavs? And then they came back the very next year, and do you remember who they played? Uh, no. The Oklahoma City Thunder featuring Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden with Serge Ibaka as their defensive-minded, uh, you know, number number four. They were essentially the Warriors before the Warriors learned how to play. Yeah. And they broke it up by trading Harden shortly thereafter. If they'd have stuck it out, the Warriors probably never would have happened. So what you're saying is that you're upset at uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. No, not really, because I think I hated them more at their peak than I hate Golden State right now. And their peak was only like one year. Okay, all right. So, um, but no, I mean, think about that. Had they not broken it up, Golden State maybe doesn't become what they've become. They don't 
they don't lure away Kevin Durant in free agency. I mean, yeah, they'd still have the pieces that won that first championship with Curry and Thompson and Green, but maybe they had to go through Oklahoma City with Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. I just, I think they, you know, it's unfortunate we didn't get to see that big three uh, make a run at it. I, uh, I guess. I mean, I, I just don't think that uh, people really cared that much about the Thunder. No, and I don't think that they do now, and I don't think that anybody ever will. Yeah, I'm not sure why that was the market that Seattle, you know, the Seattle SuperSonics left to uh, cultivate, but they did. Uh, I mean, they sell out. They've got good crowds, but I think people in the area care. I think it's just the rest of the country doesn't really care about Oklahoma City. But because <clears throat> I mean, think about it, we would have had, you know, the Warriors still would have been that core group that won the first title. You would have had this Thunder team with the with their big three, and you still would have had the Spurs at the top of the conference every year. That would have been that would have been a nice a nice three way battle to watch each year for the past uh, what seven years. Yeah, um, but. You know, basketball players don't stay in one place more than four years anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And besides, we've got uh, we've got the Rockets up there now to to give us that three way battle. Yeah, but we've got Kawhi Leonard missing you know pretty much the entire season, so it's not even really a three way battle at this point. It's just going to be the Warriors beating the piss out of the Rockets. I don't think that they'll be beating the piss out of them. They might win, but yeah. um, the uh. <clears throat> The Pelicans got a big blow to their playoff hopes. Uh, this is a story that what Tom actually pointed out to me. Tom pointed out a basketball story. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins uh, injured was it his ACL. Did I? Yeah. Point this out to you. Pretty sure you were the one that pointed it out to me. Oh, well, um, I don't recall having looked at any basketball news. It still startles me every time the words NBA team the Pelicans are said. <laughs> like it still just doesn't. How many years has it been now? And it still just doesn't seem like a real thing. Yeah, they're uh <laughs> it it seems like a joke. It seems like the the type of team name you'd find on a movie in which the uh the main player is a dog. That's the the kind of thing where you, that it's, where I would expect to see a team name called the Pelicans. It's no, it's it's kind of like when you're when you're playing on on one of the EA Sports video games and you create your own team. Yeah. <laughs> Like okay, I've got basically a list of animals to choose from. <laughs> I can be I can be <laughs> the sharks, is. the tigers, or the pelicans. Oh heck yeah! Um, and the and the worst name always has the best logo. Yeah, yeah, that's always the worst part of it. Or it's uh, or the tiger logo is really really badass in the football game where there's already the Bengals. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Demarcus Cousins out for the rest of the year because of an Achilles tear. Um, he was named an all-star. He was averaging 25.2 points, 12.9 rebounds, and 5.4 assists. This is huge. Um, they they were looking like they were going to make it in, uh, you know, some probably somewhere between the 6 and 8 seed, and now I don't I don't see a way they make it in without him. Um, I love Anthony Davis. I think he's great as a cornerstone of that franchise. Um, I just think it's going to be difficult to overcome that. And now, you know, going forward, this was DeMarcus Cousins' last year on his contract. So now, what what happens with him going forward? Uh, he's gonna have to take less money wherever he goes. I'm I'm kind of thinking it uh, a one year deal, you know, yeah. pro- probably re-signing with the Pelicans on a one year deal, um, showing that he's still, uh, showing he's still that caliber player. You think like maybe twelve, thirteen mil? Yeah, pro- yeah, probably in that area. Um, it just, I don't know. I uh, 
It sucks. I do. I do like Cousins a lot. Um, I thought he was gonna what? I thought he was gonna be what kind of put them. I mean, they're kind of on the map. Him and Anthony Davis, but like being a team that people pay attention to, make them a team that you might fear in the first round. Not necessarily going forward from there, but you know, at least in the first round. Um, yeah, we've talked so much basketball. This is like a record for us. There's been a lot of basketball to talk um, about. On to uh, to the NHL now. Um, I just have one big thing to talk about um, because, you know, most of the NHL was off since we last last had a show. Um, Looks like Yamir Yager's NHL career is over. Yep. He cleared waivers and was assigned to uh, a team in the Czech League. Cladno. Cladno? Yes, it's the team that he owns and started his career with. Yeah. Um, Clando takes on, uh, all but 371,000 of his contract. Um, if this is it, he ends his NHL career third in all-time games played, third in goals, second in total points. He won five scoring titles, an MVP, two Stanley Cups, and one Masters, uh, Masterton Trophy. So he was pretty good then. Yeah, um... Yager, Gordie Howe, and Chris Chelios, the only players to play in the NHL past the age of 45. It's uh, it's a shame that it had to end this way with the injuries and the, you know, the sort of lack of production because of the long layoff in the summer. Yeah. Uh, but still, one of the greatest players to ever do anything. Yeah. I, I, I do believe if he had the whole summer, he'd still be playing right now. Um it's one thing to work out on your own, and I know he is a workout hound. Yeah. But it's another thing to have the guys there with you. Uh, to have access to a and, team facility. Right. Because there were a lot of times where he'd be uh, the only one in there after everyone else had gone home. Right. I mean, he would work out after a game. Well, And, and having access to all the uh, medical staff. Yeah, that, that's you know that's that's in the facility too. You know, a, a minor little thing while you're at the team facility, you can have it te- you can have it checked out right away uh, on your own. You might push it off and not you know not get it taken care of, and maybe you know it lingers and turns into something bigger. But um, yeah, he's he's long been uh, one of my favorite players, uh, right up there with Mike Madonna for me as my as my all time favorites from my childhood. So uh, very very sad news when yeah. I heard that. Uh, Calgary was going to do this, and now even worse that they have. Well, uh, it was, uh, I believe, a mutual thing. It was. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not blaming Calgary. I know. You know. I know what they're trying to do going forward. So, um, yeah, he was. Uh, him and Mario Lemieux were the reasons I was almost a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, had he not had he not been traded, there's a pretty good chance you would have ended up. Uh, a Penguins fan, um, so but yeah. As for the NHL, that's pretty much it. They had the All Star Game over the weekend. Um, nobody watched. Yeah, nobody cares. Um, so we're gonna. I think the Pacific one. Uh, maybe. Um, so we're gonna move on to the NFL. Um, we're gonna. I thought the season was over. <laughs> almost, almost. Uh, a couple transactions. Couple. Uh, you know, we got Super Bowl to look forward to, and we'll discuss that here in a second. Um, big news breaking last night. Two pieces of big news breaking last night. Uh, one, Fox is paying $550 million a year for Thursday night football. Why? Um, Fox will get 11 Thursday night games, and those games will still be simulcast on the NFL Network. 
Why? They're uh, they're still trying to figure out who will carry the digital component. Um, CBS and NBC submitted similar bids um, in terms of length, uh, but for much, much less. Um, this is a five-year deal for Fox. It's the first time anyone signed for more than one year. So five years of Fox putting on Thursday Night Football. Get ready for that. Um, they'll have the Thursday night games between week four and fifteen. That's so interesting. Yeah, I don't watch Thursday night football. Nobody watches Thursday. Night. Nobody watches football. Yeah. Uh, some of the biggest part, uh, biggest news of this: the week one matchup and the Thanksgiving matchup will remain on NBC. So they want to keep the uh, the high profile games. On the network that does them well? Yeah. Yep. Um, the other uh, bombshell last night, um, the Kansas City Chiefs traded starting quarterback Alex Smith to the Washington Redskins. Um, he was traded for a third-round pick and defensive back Kendall Fuller. Who uh, had said on Twitter that he uh, he didn't get traded. Yeah, they did not tell him. That's... Uh, until it broke. That's not nice. Um I think this is a great move uh, for for both teams. Really, I mean, it was clear the Chiefs had the Chiefs had their uh, quarterback of the future in house already with Pat Mahomes, uh, and the Redskins needed to do something uh, without overpaying for Kirk Cousins because the only way Kirk Cousins was going to stay in Washington is if they were paying him thirty five million a year. So now Kirk Cousins is going to see uh, that he's not as highly valued as he thought. Correct. Um, Alex Smith did sign a uh, a four year extension worth seventy one million guaranteed, uh, worth up to ninety four million total. Uh, he'll be thirty four this year. Um, he'll be thirty four this year. Yeah. Holy crap! Well, I thought he would have been uh, thirty four in a couple of years. Oh, thirty four this year. Same age as uh, Aaron Rodgers. Same year. Oh yeah. So um, actually, I, th- I think he's a year older than Aaron Rodgers. But um, and then so coming out. After this, uh, the Browns tried to trade for Alex Smith, unsuccessful, and the, uh, oh man, uh, Smith scoffed at a possible deal to Cleveland during an appearance on the Dan Patrick show early Tuesday. Quote, I haven't even thought about that. They've got, they've got nowhere to go but up. One in 31 over the last two years just sounds amazing, end quote. Well, that's hard to tell how he meant that without hearing how he said it. Yeah, uh, but, uh. And whether or not he made a jerking off motion with his hand. <laughs> uh, also, the uh, the Cardinals also apparently tried to get Alex Smith, as you know, I said that they probably should. Uh, apparently, six teams expressed interest in making a deal with Kansas City uh, before he was dealt to Washington yesterday. I gotta assume Denver was one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cleveland, Arizona, obviously. I gotta assume Denver, maybe Miami, Jacksonville. Who then today said Blake Bortles is our quarterback going forward? So I, well, I gotta assume they missed out on Smith and then made that declaration. Blake Bortles would have had to have been, considering he had hand surgery and probably will uh, yeah, get that nineteen the, million. Yeah, it's gonna trigger the nineteen million. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know who the uh, who the sixth team might have been, but um, I don't know. Now, so what's next for Kirk Cousins? You got those teams we mentioned: Arizona, Cleveland, Denver. All the talk was he was going to San Francisco, and they went out and traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's not going to happen. Uh, I would say Denver's shown a willingness to overpay for quarterbacks in the past. 
so they're probably the most likely spot for him to get close to what he wants. Yeah. We talked about Arizona just being being a quarterback away from being competitive. Is Kirk Cousins that quarterback, do you think? I actually think that they're going to go with one of the Vikings uh, quarterbacks. Yeah. The Vikings aren't going to keep three of those. You know, They're not no. going to keep three quarterbacks. They're probably not going to keep even two of them. No, because uh, yeah, you want to you want to go forward with a clean slate and make sure that your guy knows he's the guy going forward. So yeah, yeah I, I I tend to agree with you that yeah, we're probably looking at only one of these guys coming back, and especially because all three have been starters in their career. All three want to be starters. Yeah, and I I feel like they're probably going to end up keeping Teddy Bridgewater. Um, he's the younger of the three. He's the younger, and he was already their quarterback of the future. Yeah. So if they want to be seen as the good guys by anyone it, they would do well to keep bridgewater yeah so how much money is enough money for cousins to go to cleveland <laughs> 22 Did they, uh, look, million like, how much how much more than denver or arizona's offers does it have to be um i think it's got to be like five million more than what they're offering i don't think i think he thinks that he's good enough to turn around any team it's a great attitude to have but i don't i think i'd take five million less to be uh <laughs> To be the quarterback of the Cardinals than to be the quarterback of the Browns. Um, to be honest, I wouldn't want to go to the Broncos either. Yeah, I, the Broncos seem like they're kind of all in on trying to trying to get one of these uh, quarterbacks in the draft. Um, I think I think Cousins' best bet is probably to try to go to Arizona. Um, Buffalo is also out there. They seem to not be sold on Tyrod Taylor. I don't um, know why. I mean, I get it. He doesn't put up the huge passing numbers, but. He's, you know, he has been, yeah, but he, he has single-handedly won games for them. He, he doesn't throw um, five interceptions in a half either. Yeah. Um, so it's it's going to be an interesting market for Cousins coming up. Uh, Drew Brees looks like he's going to resign, resign in uh, New Orleans no matter what. And then you got the mess up there in Minnesota. So it'll be uh, interesting to see where all these pieces fall coming up. Um, before all that goes down, though, we do have this Super Bowl. Yeah. Eagles and Patriots, uh, we're going to do our uh, breakdown on what we think is going to be going on in this game here uh, right now. Um, I wasn't, I'm not prepared for this. You're not prepared? No. No? In a whole week? Can't figure it out? I mean, I can tell you who's going to win. Well, I thought, you know, we take a look and, and uh, posi- position group by position group, uh, we'll start at the top with uh, the quarterbacks. Obviously, the edge is going to go to New England here. Yeah, although in the playoffs here... Nick Foles looks like he's finally gelling with the offense. Yeah. Especially in that game against the Vikings. He had it all together. Uh, one of just a handful of players to have a uh, rating over 100 in uh, in the playoffs minimum. I think it's like 75 attempts, something like that. Um, I Based on performance throughout the course of the year and just the pedigree, I think, you know, it's obviously Brady, uh, hands down. Foles has yeah. played much better, as you said, uh, but I think it's it's Brady. It's not nearly as lopsided as some would have you think. Right, right. Um, running backs, uh, for Philly, you got J.A.J., you got LeGarrette Blunt. For New England, uh, Lewis and um, James White and Rex Burkhead. I like I like Philadelphia's backs a little bit better in this matchup. Philadelphia has the better running backs. Um, it's the rece- it's the receiving skills of the Patriots running backs that scare me more than their. Well, yeah, and it's the fact that the Patriots have never bothered to pay their running backs anything close to what the going rate for running backs is, um, and so they have all these you know sort of no name running backs, 
and they don't seem to care because it doesn't matter when Tom Brady's your quarterback. Well, it's always worked for them. I mean, you know, what the last uh man, the last time they had like a a top-tier running back. I mean, what Corey Dillon? <laughs> and if you if you call him top tier, then I mean, I'm just trying to. You mean a running back whose name people knew? Marshall Falk. I, I don't. I'm not sure. Uh, I can I can come up with one that easily. Um, but um, uh, so looking at the uh, the wide receiver uh, position for these two teams uh, for the Patriots, Danny Amendola, uh, Brandon Cooks, Philip Dorsett, Chris Hogan. Um, Matthew Slater, the special team standout, um, and uh, for uh, for Philly, Nelson Aguilar, Torrey Smith, Elshon Jeffrey. Uh, I like Philly's receivers just a little bit more. Uh, I'm saying it's a wash here. They're uh, both receiving cores are about the same skill level throughout. Um, now, if you do what uh, you probably should do and include Gronkowski as a wide receiver, because he's most certainly not a tight end. Yeah. Then the edge goes to the Patriots. Well, but then you also got to put in Zach Ertz and Brent Selleck and Trey Burton, who had a couple good catches throughout the course of the playoffs. So I think it would still be a wash. Then, if if we include the tight ends, I'll say it's a wash. But if it's just if we're doing just receivers, I got to say it's it's Philly. Um, tight ends, I say if we group them by themselves, is definitely New England. Yeah. Um, uh, the offensive line, I think it's Philadelphia. They have played much, much better this year than in previous years. Um, And honestly, the Patriots have never had that strong an offensive line. No. Just the fact that Tom Brady can get the ball out so quickly has saved him from taking too many hits in his career. Right. Um, Over on the uh, defensive side of the ball, uh, we'll start inside and uh, work out uh, the defensive line. For New England, you know, you're dealing with uh, Allen Branch, uh, who is dealing with an injury. Uh, you got Malcolm Brown, Adam Butler, Trey Flowers. Uh, Lawrence Guy has played a lot for them. Uh, they brought in uh, uh, Ricky Jean Francois, uh, who was cut by the Packers earlier this year. But for, for Philadelphia, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Chris Long, uh, Vinnie Curry can get after the quarterback, uh, Tim Jernigan on the inside. I, it's it's Philadelphia by far. Um, New England yeah. is New England is going to have a very hard time uh, running the ball against this front at all. Um, Absolutely. And look, if New England finds themselves in a position where they uh, should be running the ball, then the game is well over. Yeah, but they don't even do that. They pass the ball to uh, to run out the clock. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, um, so I don't think it's too much of an issue for them. No, probably not. But also, if they're if they're in clear passing downs, they're gonna have a hard time uh, getting the ball out before some of these guys can get there. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, Chris Chris Long will have a field day if he just gets to pin his ears back and take off after Tom Brady every single snap. Feel like that's what he's gonna do regardless. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's a lot of threat of them uh, getting caught in a pass rush when <laughs> New England running the ball. Yeah. Um, uh, linebackers. Uh, the uh, the Patriots only carry. Uh, well, they carry six on their roster. Uh, two of them are there for uh, for special teams purposes. Uh, but the big ones, you know, that they've got David Harris, Kyle Van Noy, and uh, James Harrison. Um, Philadelphia has Danelle Ellerby, uh, Michael Hendricks, uh, Najee Good. I think it's kind of a wash. None, um, neither position group really uh, jumps out at me. Yeah, it's uh, they're serviceable, serviceable, 
serviceable. Um, all, right, all right, Don. They're uh, they're decent pro linebackers. Yeah. Some of them are older than dirt. <laughs> uh, but you know, I I wouldn't say that uh, you're going to see a lot of sacks from the uh, linebacking core. No. Um, cornerbacks. Uh, this this one for me definitely goes to New England. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, you got uh, Devin McCourty, Malcolm Butler, uh, Stephon Gilmore, the big one uh, for me. I, I think it's it's clearly clearly New England in this case. Um, Foles is going to have a difficult time uh, passing on these guys. Um, He's going to have to manage the game. He's not going to be the one to win it if they win it. Yeah. Um, that being said, these receivers will get separation from from these cornerbacks. It will happen. Yeah. Uh, Foles has just got to be able to take advantage of it when it does. Well, and uh, if Foles is being given the kind of time that uh, that we've seen the Eagles' offensive line give quarterbacks, then that's going to benefit the wide receivers getting open. Yeah. You know, it's just you can't cover a guy for six seconds. Yeah. Um, and uh, finally, safeties. Uh, <clears throat> Philadelphia has uh, Jalen Watkins, Malcolm Jenkins, Corey Graham, New England has one safety listed on their roster, Patrick Chung. Now, obviously, they, you know, they've got other guys. Devin McCourty will play some safety. Um, Theron Harmon, Brandon King will be out there at safety. Eric Rowe will play a little bit of safety. Bill um, Belichick doesn't believe in safeties. Uh, yeah, apparently. Uh, despite the fact that he called Patrick Chung one of the best players in the NFL. Um, yeah, players. He didn't say safety. <laughs> but I... Um, Basically, I'm taking the top safety for uh, Philadelphia against the top safety for the only safety for New England. Uh, Jenkins versus Chunk. I gotta say, I like e- I like the Eagles a little bit better here too. Um, I like Jenkins a little bit more than Chung. Uh, Chung is kind of an undersized linebacker. Yeah, he's not a he's not really a free safety, but he's not necessarily a strong safety either. He just plays back there. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, lastly, well, you know, the head coaches, this is a, you know, it's clearly Doug Peterson. Absolutely. No, uh, obviously Bill Belichick with, you know, the resume that he has, he's, he's the clear, the clear, uh, man, I was almost going to say he was the greatest coach of all time, but I'm going to stop short, short of saying that. Um, he's clearly uh, a great coach. Yes. Clearly one of the greatest of all time. Uh, with this with this Super Bowl, if, if, if they can win here, he will join Curly Lambeau and George Hallis as the only six-time uh, NFL champion head coaches. And he will be the only one to do it in the Superb Owl era. We can't say the other word. We can't say it. That's right. The Superb Owl. Um, which actually, So I'm not sure exactly where that started, but the first time I had ever seen it was on the Colbert Report years and years and years ago. Uh, I don't know where it came from. Uh, but yeah, that's one of my favorite uh, ways of saying it without being sued for millions of dollars. So going through all that. Can't wait for the big game. Yeah. So going through all that, who wins on Sunday and why? <sighs> Patriots, Tom Brady. I actually, I'm I'm going to pick the Eagles. And I think it's because of their pass rush, and I think it will be due to their running game. I think those two things are going to put them over the top, and uh, I think it's going to be close. New England. So you think just because they're playing a team from the NFC East in the Super Bowl, they're going to lose? No, I mean, that's not because, <laughs> you know, they've already beat the Eagles once in the Super Bowl, so that's not it. Uh, the uh, In in the Belichick-Brady era, uh, this is Super Bowl... Eight for them? Uh, 
Yeah, they're, they're five and two. Yeah. So this is Super Bowl number eight. In those seven previous appearances, do you know what the largest margin of victory was? Seven. Six. Last year's overtime game. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, before that, before that, I believe it was four, and it was the one loss to the Giants and one of their victories were four points. Everything else has been uh, threes, I believe. So it's gonna, it, it'll be a tight game. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just something tells me. The Eagles are going to be the team to do it, and I really hope they are because I'm heading to Indianapolis to watch with a friend of ours, and uh, he's he's a huge, huge, huge Philly fan. Um, I was joking around with David last night. I said, one way or another, he and I are going to be super drunk on Sunday night. It's either going to be celebration drunk or angry at the world drunk. Either way, we're going to be taking an Uber home. I still don't know where I'm going to watch if I watch. You should come to Indy with me. I'm not going to Indy with you. You should come to Indy with me. I'm not going to do that. Hang out with the Pat Man. Uh, look, that's uh, more time away from my bed than I like to do. It's amazing you've made it through this show. I know. Uh, I uh, I don't know. I I haven't told. I haven't said anything to him yet. I I I have in the past uh, worn. Uh, jerseys of of different teams. If if I'm with a group of people that are you know rooting one way and I couldn't care any less, um, I've worn I've worn Steelers stuff hanging out with Tom before. Um, I wore uh, I wore a Saints jersey to a uh, I, it was a Marquez Colston jersey to a Saints Lions game one time uh, back when the Lions went 0 and 16. Um, so if if I'm with a group of people that are that are rooting for a specific team, you know, I'll, I'll I'll throw on the I'll throw on the apparel just to just to be one of the gang. So I may I may do that to show solidarity with Patrick if he's got like an old Reggie White jersey or something. A Re- Reggie White? It has to be a Reggie White jersey. Yeah, mostly because I'm pretty sure he has one. <laughs> okay. And also, aside from the Marquez Colston one, I tend to uh, agree to do it if they have uh, like a throwback. An old school player. Yeah, um, but no, I, I will be. I will be rooting full throat for. What if he's uh, got a Donovan Eagles. McNabb jersey? <laughs> I don't think I'd how's, wear that. How's that go? I don't think I'd wear that one. No, it's, it's usually if there there's a, a Hall of Famer involved, I'll uh, I'll do it. Like I think uh, when I did it when I did the Steelers one, I think it was somebody's uh, the Lambert or Jack Ham or something. Uh, I don't know anybody with a Lambert or Jack Ham jersey, so no. I have a Franco Harris. Maybe that was it. Maybe yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I borrowed your Harris jersey. Was was it a screen print one or is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. That was uh, back before we had had a guy better access to replica. Yeah. All right, Eric. You gonna you gonna make a prediction for for the big game on Sunday? I predict uh, either Pepsi or Doritos will win as far as best commercial. I've already seen a little bit of uh, Peter Dinklage versus. uh, Morgan Freeman action preview. So um, that's my prediction. I think uh, that uh, Doritos and Pepsi are going to battle it out, but I think are Pepsi's going to come out on are top. Are you the kind of guy that shows up and shushes people during commercials at a Super Bowl party? If I showed up to a Super Bowl party and people started talking during the commercials, I would have to shush them. But I wouldn't, uh, you know, not shush them during the game, too. But they're all. 
<laughs> I, I don't actually watch the game for the commercials. I I wait for somebody else to curate a best of list the next day and, and watch, watch them yeah. on YouTube. But they're um, all terrible most years. I have yeah. That's why I wait for somebody else to make the right. list, to, so they have to go through all the terrible ones, and I get to watch just the good ones. Just the two that are mildly amusing. Yeah, yeah. I I have been to a Super Bowl party where there was a commercial shusher, <laughs> and I t- I told I I told her I said you need to stop. Because 98% of the people are here to watch the game, and these commercials will be running for the next six months. That's one thing is uh, this will be the only time I actually watch commercials because I don't really see commercials any other time. Right. I, I, all of my you know, consumption of media is online and via no commercial plans for everything that I stream. So Right. Yeah, and the I only sport the only sport you watch you watch in a streaming service so they black out the commercials. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so so basically, <laughs> advertisers, uh this man here is just confirming what you already knew, uh that the only time you should purchase ad space is during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, uh, pretty much it. As far as the game is actually concerned, um I'd like to see the Eagles win just because I'd like to see the Patriots not win. But uh, my actual prediction is that the Patriots will probably win. Yeah. Uh, either of you think that they'll win by more than the previous record of six points? No, no. I think it'll be a closer game than that. But I hope it is anyway. Tom's got to look at his really face like he thinks it's going to be a blowout. I just, it doesn't, I don't get a good feeling. No. You know? And usually when I'm watching football games and I don't get a good feeling, the Steelers end up losing badly. So I don't know if it works the same with the Eagles. <laughs> As, you know, they're still in Pennsylvania, but uh, I don't know how it works. But I don't get a good feeling. Like, I know the Eagles are a really good team and that they should uh, be able to, on at least 20% of Sundays, beat the Patriots. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah. Just something don't feel right. Uh, I would like to point out, and I know it might seem like between between the show after the Jaguars game and a few other things that I've said, uh, it might seem like I, I tend to pile on Steelers fans a lot. But it's only because he hates me. In this, no, I mean you got to understand. In this area, we deal with more Steelers fans than most than most areas outside of Pittsburgh. For, Toledo has a very very large group of Steelers fans. Um, it's all those people who realized the Browns were and, hot trash and pretty, yeah, pretty jumped much. ship. Um, but after the Carson Wentz injury, all you heard about was how, well, we just lost half of our Pennsylvania Super Bowl. Yeah. Every Steelers fan I talked to wanted a Pennsylvania Super Bowl. They, well, everybody. This is the first time in the longest time it would have been possible. that it that it even had a hint of possibility. Right. It would have been very cool. I actually I would have enjoyed seeing that rather than what we did get. However, I just I thought it was very comical that you know they also well we just lost our our one half of the Pennsylvania Super Bowl and the team that wasn't supposed to to make it after the injury is the is the one representing the state. Um, and I do know a lot of Steelers fans are pulling for the Eagles. Uh, because of the gee, Patriots. I wonder why. Uh, but a lot of them are, you know, kind of Pennsylvania proud, rooting for the Eagles. Yeah, um, it, people want to see the Eagles win more than just because of the fact that they're playing the Patriots. It's we want to see something new, something different. Yeah, it's you know, if it had been uh, the Eagles and the Jaguars. Then you know it's a different story as to how many people want to see the Eagles win. Yeah, I feel like a lot more people would want to see the Jaguars win because of their underdog status. The entire the entire season though is just such a disappointment for me. 
because uh, I look at the fact that Case Keenum and Nick Foles were the NFC Championship game quarterbacks, and I think, God, if Aaron Rodgers hadn't broken his collarbone. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there were games where even Aaron Rodgers couldn't have won. Eh, I don't know about that because most of the games that they lost during Brett Hundley's starts were due to anemic passing stats and you know not not being able to push the ball downfield, something Aaron Rodgers can do. Um, also, Aaron Rodgers gets about 15 yards per game through getting teams to jump and catching them with 10 men on the or 12 men on the field. So, yeah, but I mean, it's just the way the rest of the Packers played I don't know they just they all seemed like they had given up well but that wouldn't have been the case with Aaron Rodgers on the field I don't know but, you I know, think a what if but you know looking at it, it just you know it's one of those things where man this, if ever there was a year this was probably it but um yeah but then if 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 uh Aaron Rodgers doesn't get injured there's a whole uh butterfly effect business and you know maybe Wentz doesn't go down with the ACL that's true and Butterflies be fucking up ACLs all the time. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, fun fact. I'll be the judge of that. LeGarrette Blunt and Chris Long can become the third and fourth players in NFL history to win back-to-back Super Bowls with two different teams. That's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. Do you know who the other two are? No. Uh, one, Ken Norton Jr. with the Cowboys and 49ers. And the other, Deion Sanders with the 49ers and Cowboys. Huh. How about that? Neat. It is neat. I like that fact. And I'm hoping they become third and fourth. The only downside of that stat is that, you know, two of them got it with the Cowboys in two different years. <laughs> uh, all right, well, so we've made our prediction. We've previewed the different position groups. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, kind of a short show today. Uh, we will be looking ahead. We'll have a Super Bowl wrap-up show next Tuesday. And then it'll be time to talk some baseball. Ooh, boy. Ooh, boy. Ooh-wee. I mean, yeah, we can talk baseball. I'm slowly coming to terms with the fact that the sport still exists. It does. It's out there. It is out there. Oh. Did you see that uh, the Marlins and Pirates are under investigation? Yes. For, uh, for dumping salary? For not trying. Yeah. And they, uh, the MLB doesn't know... Whether or not the owners are putting that back into baseball operations or just pocketing the money. I got to feel like they're pocketing the money, especially the Marlins. Yeah. You can't put, what, half a billion dollars back into baseball operations? That's a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, um, If they could prove that they're making stadium upgrades on their own dime or, you know, something like that. They might be able to make it go away. But they're not. But Stadium upgrades come from taxpayers. Right. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I don't. It's going to be very difficult to prove anything right now. Uh, this is an investigation that needs to happen a couple years down the line when you see where the money actually went. Yeah, but um, I mean, you know, start it now. Right. Well, no, now you're giving them a chance to, to, to redistribute the money where it's supposed to go. Yeah, I'm okay with that. As long as the money is going to the team. You don't want to catch them in the act? It would be nice, but I would I prefer love catching that... people in the axe. Well, I always throw doors open. <laughs> uh, I would prefer that, uh, I mean, I don't care what the Marlins do, but I would prefer that the Pirates uh, are trying to field a use team. the money to sign players and, and uh, things. You know what's crazy? Uh, I know they just got rid of uh, arguably the two best players of the last 25 years. Um, there are still enough players on the free agent market that Pittsburgh could field a competitive team by just offering them all contracts. 
Yeah, um, but they Pitts- could replace they could it- replace Cole and McCutcheon with Arietta and Martinez. Yeah, because they've got the money to do that. They do. They don't. That's why they traded Cole and McCutcheon. They have the money. They're just not willing to spend the money. They blame it on the fact that they're small market. They're nowhere near the luxury tax limit. They have the money. They're in a small market. No, they're not. And uh, the uh, owner is just a tightwad. It uh, actually. Oh my god, I'm trying to think of who the who the analyst was. A couple of years back, I got into it with an ESPN analyst on Twitter uh, over what constitutes a big market and small market team. And basically, I was railing against the fact that a city with a gigantic popu- with a with a population in the top twenty five could be considered small market. Uh it's not so much about the uh, city population. No, I know. It's it's about, it's the, about the TV market. It's about the media reach, right? Um, and then, but my my argument to that was the media can the media reach can be anywhere. You don't have to be in New York or L.A. to be a big market team. Your media can reach anywhere you want it to reach if you just invest the time and the money. So and the fact that there are predetermined small market teams is garbage. It look you're not going to see uh, the Cincinnati Reds shelling out millions upon millions of dollars to increase their media market. They could if they were good. Look at perfect example, the Packers. The city, they are the definition of a small market team. Look at their exposure from the time and the money put into advertising their brand after the success on the field. Uh, I think it's a measure of success. A lot of these small market teams are not successful because you have to spend the money to field a good team. And here's the thing. The small market teams are based in small media markets, which means that the owners of the teams are going to be the less wealthy team owners. You have to take advantage of the opportunity when the team is good. The Reds, they had a stretch of six years where they were competing for the NL Central every year. That was the time to make your media moves. They could have broken out of the small market shell. The Pirates could have, too, back in 2013. Well, the Pirates have root sports. That's the Pittsburgh area. Right. Sports media and but why why is Pittsburgh why is Pittsburgh small market for baseball but big market for football and hockey success right it doesn't have That's why I don't believe that it's small market versus big market in the last half decade Pittsburgh has been a larger market for baseball they've been more visible yeah but it's continued success it's right. taking that next step right which the Pirates have not done and will not do. Part of that is getting out there, is using the money to buy the media to get out there. No, part of it is using the money to not ship players away. Well, there's also that, too. Um, but no, I, I, Pittsburgh is a great example where you have a small market baseball team, but large market football and hockey. That's why I don't believe that a city is small market. I think teams... No, that's, well, that's think, why they talk in terms of each sport. You right. don't say, you know, I mean, obviously the, the Knicks... Are not a large market team. No, they're, they're a team that, that they're a team that exists inside a large market that doesn't belong there. Um, however, it's, it's just a small market versus large market to me should be dependent upon the number of people you can reach in your area. So it should be determined by population. Well, if it's determined by your area, then Penguins and Steelers would be small market because Pittsburgh is not a large city. Their media extends far enough 
the 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 media radius would extend far enough that they would still be large. Well, then by that definition, any city with a pro sports team would be large market because they have the the media. You know, um, I don't know because Green Bay's radius is not large enough to hit other large cities. It is because they have the Packers. Well, yeah. Green Bay is well, a, an exception. Green Bay, I know that you know it's the exception that proves the rule is a stupid thing to say yeah. because there's a reason it's a rule is because it doesn't happen. I but also look at the fact that they are an exception in this situation. There are there are billions of dollars put into sports media. There's no such thing as a small market when you have ESPN televising 30 NBA teams all season long. When you have TNT also televising those 30 teams. And you have your own uh, platform televising all 30 teams. Uh, well, that's uh, if ESPN and, and TNT would televise all 30 teams equally, yeah, well, that would that would be an argument. I but, don't know. There have been a couple times this year where I've looked at the matchups and gone, really? <laughs> I mean, look at it like this. The uh, New Jersey Devils had one nationally televised game this season. Yeah, they... NHL and NBA need to go to the fluid way of scheduling that Major League Baseball does. Sunday Night Baseball for Major League Baseball is not set for the second half of the year. They basically flex games as they go. Yeah. Um, they So the the other sports need to look into doing that. Um, and they the NHL, they play teams like uh, the Bruins and Red Wings as the Wednesday night rivalry. Explain to me how those teams have a rivalry. Um, I got two words for you. One begins with an O, and the other begins with an S. Explain to me how it's a rivalry when in the modern era, Detroit was in the West for so very long. I understand, but I have the answer for you. It's not a rivalry. Just because it was, Steelers and Browns isn't a rivalry. Just because it once was a rivalry does not mean that it still is. Yeah. uh, There's so many issues with sports media, which we are technically a part of, I suppose. Oh, God, where the problem not until we get some revenue coming in. My God, the call was coming from inside the house. Not until we make some scratch off of this. What are you doing? I've been making like 30000 a year just from this. No, you haven't. Sure I have. I know that you haven't. Right. I mean, look at the way you dress. Hey, man, everyone loves the Star Wars hoodie. That you wear every day? Damn right. You're just jealous. No, not really. You and your Star Wars pants. These are pajamas. That's right. Tom is always in his pajamas when on this show. That's not true. Oh, yeah. Sometimes we do it at my house where he has to wear real pants. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I believe we have uh, reached the end. We have wasted enough of your time. Yeah. Anyone who made it through that rambling about uh, media, uh, you really do deserve a medal or something. Um, He's kind of trumped out there for a second. Uh, uh, Send us a... You know, send us a message on the Facebook if you made it all the way to this point, uh, and we'll, to, we'll shout out to you. I'm willing to bet that Victor and Alicia did. They usually do. Um, so. And then Victor uh, barely uses Facebook, so. That's true. That's true. He liked something on Twitter the other day for, like, the first time in forever. He added me on Snapchat. I So I had Snapchat for a while, and it just, it's it's dumb. That's my official. Yeah? Yeah. It's dumb. I don't use it. So, but it said Victor has added you. Nice. I said, oh, "What?" All right. Well, that is all the time we have. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will we'll be back next week with the uh, Super Bowl wrap up, 
And uh, who knows? Maybe we can get maybe we can get a third host in the in the studio next week. See what we can do. So, all right. Thanks, everybody. We will talk sports at you next week.